0: Welcome to Tech on Toast. The Tech on Toast podcast is powered by Rem's Hospitality, using market data to grow your revenue. To find out more about Tech on Toast, head over to our website techontoast.community where you can listen to all of our podcasts, read all of our blogs, and search for the latest hospitality tech in our marketplace. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Tech on Toast. And this week's episode, we bring you Punch Pubs. Uh, and from Punch Pubs this week, we have James Gilbert, Head of Insight, Projects and Strategy. James, how are you? Hi, Chris. Yeah, very well. Very well, thank you. Good. And uh, our other James, another James G, which makes it even easier, uh, James Goldworthy, Head of Digital and Creative from Punch as well. How are you, James? I'm
1: good, thanks, Chris. Yeah, good. thank
0: you. Well, I managed to navigate that bit easy enough, you know, with the name. <laughs> so uh, it was good. And just before we get into some um, tech talk, um, tell me a little bit about you guys. So James uh, James G, um, uh, tell us a bit about your background, how long you've been at Punch for.
2: So I joined Punch uh, coming up to two years ago, sort of um, just as they shut all the, just as not they decided to, but just as we shut all the pubs for, for um, Corona. So a brave decision it felt like at the time, but um, my background before that was um, working in pubs, bars, restaurants. Um, and then I spent eight years at Pernod Ricard. Um, working through their commercial teams and then ended up um, in innovation and kind of new ventures is what they called it. And then I came across to punch uh, April 2020 um, to look after insights, projects and strategy, uh, mainly with the remit of helping the business to become more um, data and insight led in its
1: decision-making. Thank you very much. Perfect. And James Goldworthy, head of digital and creative. uh, Tell us a little bit about you. Um, So I've been at Punch for... 12 years now i believe um and previous to that i was kind of i, I started out my career being a, a graphic designer for my sins working for a newspaper uh, and then ended up in marketing for some reason uh, another company and sort of through my time became got really got into kind of user experience and digital product design wow so yeah and then yeah landed a punch
0: It's <laughs> a long journey 12 years is a long time at one brand isn't it but in the pub world, that's quite common, is that right? Is do people kind of hang around? Yeah, I think if, I think especially at Punch, you're you're allowed
1: to be there either like you know, six months or the rest of your life, uh, <laughs> pretty much.
0: Pretty so much you're like going to be a lifer. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. what about tech generally, guys? Is it is it a passion of yours? Is it something that you're generally interested in, or is it something you have fallen into? I know you're an insight, James G. James Gilbert. Uh, but yeah, is it something that you're passionate about anyway?
2: Yeah, I guess it's it's a good question for me. I suppose it's because it's it's probably not something that I am naturally or or instinctively passionate about. I would say I think my career has tended to kind of um, be directed by advancements in technology. I.e., that doesn't necessarily mean kind of traditional tech. So when at Perno, you know, advances in technology of zero zero. MPD and product design became, you know, a big part of what I ended up doing advances in um, technology in terms of dispense um, led a lot of the kind of projects that I worked in and um, an innovation, I suppose. And then, yeah, look, coming across to to punch that has meant um, I've got involved and being involved in insight and strategy and projects have technology has been at the heart of those in terms of order and pay, the rise of kind of delivery aggregators and um, uh, so, so yeah, I guess not not naturally, I would say a passion or a, a massive tech geek, but definitely kind of led by innovation, which is often, um, you know, kind of the precursor to innovation is an advancement in technology.
0: Yeah, sure. And MPD has been you know, over the last few years, well, probably the last ten years, so heavily driven by tech, hasn't it? You know, enabling you to see more and get more insight and learn more from your customers.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, um, and yeah, look, where where we are today in terms of some of the things that we can do with with our data and um, some of the data partners we work with is is scary, you know, to the the level of detail we can get down to of being able to tell you which consumer groups we should offer chips to and which consumer groups we should offer salad to and you know things like that. It's uh, it's pretty detailed. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, the the level of experience that you can we should be able to uh provide someone with given the data and
0: insight that is is out there now i'm definitely in the chips category uh, and uh <laughs> and james other james um yeah well i i kind of grew up
1: hating computers and um Good. glad you're on <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't i think it was really until i realized that you know you could use a computer to be really creative because obviously when i grew up that wasn't a thing you know and um figuring out that i could uh you know, make pictures on a computer and, uh, you know, get the colours all in the lines, it was uh, it was kind of eye-opening <laughs> to me. And I think from then on, you know, that through, you know, and, and like doing audio stuff and um, kind of really – it the computer was like a means to an end, really, I suppose. It was just a tool, but I think I kind of have that brain where I do get interested in how that thing works. Yeah. So that's kind of led me down the path, I think, but it was through the sort of creative angle that – kind of got me i suppose
0: well you're a creative aren't you so you're always i think permanently asking questions um, i think people i've worked with my graphic designers constantly asking me questions uh, as in why did i do that uh but yeah but always you know i think in your in your world that you're constantly looking for other areas new inventions new uh new ways to go new paths to find
1: yeah i think we're i think we're you know problem solvers by our nature that's kind of you know we look at it through the lens of creativity or what have you but it's it's problems that we're looking to solve you know right to up to now kind of to to weigh in there i think
2: it's it's a similar thing for me i guess in that it's i'm driven by kind of curiosity and and a want and a need to kind of improve and change things and you know that's again it's it's problem solving and tech i see as an enabler or a vehicle to to solve problems um rather than it being a, a real passion i suppose
0: yeah, and you guys are doing. I mean, this is a perfect segue because um, solving problems is the next issue I want to talk about. And lots of guys, obviously, I think the pandemic accelerated this, obviously, and we've all, we've heard it spoken about a lot of webinars recently and over the last three years. And we've we're fatigued by that, but a lot of problems were being solved by tech in in businesses, you know, and um, and actually creating some more problems probably in businesses now as we reopen, uh, as people are coming against that and clashing. Um, how do you think everyone's gone about, I mean, how do you guys land your tech successfully? So, I mean, I know you're building your own systems, James, you've mentioned to me before. Um, how have you gone about making sure that it's kind of sitting alongside brand? It's not fr- causing friction between the operations and the customer? Because uh, it's not easy, is it? It's not easy just to kind of plug in and play.
2: Uh, no, I get James weighing because I think the, the kind of, um, the main thing we'll end up talking about here is is order and pay in terms of the solution that we built in-house. And we, there's various other things that James and um, our IT and guys have built as well in terms of guest sentiment engines and, you know, our our buying platform for our, our publicans. But order and pay is probably the most um, relevant and recent, I guess, of those. And it was definitely a conscious decision on the part of, of James and Chris, our, our head of IT, um, to, to build that in-house rather than take something off the shelf. Um, I think, from from my perspective, in terms of strategy, it, it's a value add to the business. So it's you know it, it is part of the makeup of our business now. It integrates into our systems. It, it it knows how to work within within our ecosystem rather than us trying to shoehorn in something that that, that doesn't. Um, it allowed us to, I guess, manage the way we built it and the customer journey. Um, a lot better than than we would be able to if again if we'd have just taken something pre-built off a shelf. Um,
1: yeah, I think was, that's it's, it's, you're right. It's, and I think it was, you know, back at the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, this had been on our roadmap for a little while anyway. Um, something we wanted to play with, um, and then the the pandemic accelerated that obviously. Um, and it was it was quite a difficult conversation to have, especially with our sort of leadership team, when they're saying Are you, you're going to go away and build something, whereas you could buy something off the shelf today um but pretty quickly i think we can sort of convince people that you know being able to do something where it, it, like like james said it integrated with our till system um you know we were able to upload menus at the same time as we we're uploading our you know menus to all of our tills um and from an operator perspective to be able to do things like you know just put things out of stock in one place and not have to worry about a separate app and a separate <laughs> experience. And, you know, and I think it was very, very early on those kind of gains that you'd get, you know, meant that we were okay to kind of spend a little bit more time getting the, the solution right. Um, and, and at Punch, we're really, really lucky. So, you know, I work within the sort of marketing team with James um, and we work really, really closely with our IT colleagues, uh, like James mentioned, uh, uh, our head of IT, Chris, um, and we have a really, really good relationship in the, in the way that, you know, I look at things from the front end and the design and the user experience perspective, whereas Chris kind of knows our technology stack like the back of his hand. And that just really allows us to come together and kind of create products that work for the business. Um, and, you know, from an ROI perspective, you know,
0: it doesn't take long for that to realise. Yeah, it's that's, that's not, yeah, not,
2: not significantly cheaper than than buying one off the uh,
0: Oh, no, I imagine it. Good. I mean, I, I don't know because I haven't built one, but I, I imagine that it's probably harder work what you're doing. It's probably uh, man hours taking more time to manage and to, to keep it going. And, and, but I yeah. think the difference is that when you're onboarding a project off the shelf or a product off the shelf, you are got to hold hand with the suppliers for so long and then they're kind of in the wind, right? Because they've got to go on to the next yeah. sale or the next. So they can't leave someone in your business, for instance. So, whereas you built your own, you already have that hand holding as long as you want it, right? So the ops team and the people have to deliver on the floor for the customers kind of see uh, all the way through.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And And, you know, I think it's, it just, it just allows, you know, it allows us to have. Our own roadmap as well, you know. We, you buy something off the shelf and it does everything, you know. And we didn't want everything; we didn't need everything for our business. Right. Um, but we're allowed to, you know. We, we're lucky that we can then prioritise the, the pieces that we do want to add and have a, you know, have a roadmap and the thing that makes is, is works sensibly for us. And, and we can and we can build that roadmap off the back
2: of our consumers' feedback. So look. You know, I mean, it's a, it's, it should be a kind of a gospel for, for any business, but you, we shouldn't be doing anything that our key stakeholders aren't telling us or asking us to do, right? And and our key stakeholders are our publicans, the people that run our pubs and, and our customers. And so, you know, we, we survey them and we speak to them about order and pay and various other things um, and, and ask them what they want to see in terms of the development. And that that is what will drive... That roadmap, um, as well as, you know, the obvious kind of business priorities that, that we will have internally. Um, and we're, you know, again, we're solely in control of that. And so no, I think if it, it allows us at the end to give a give the consumer what they want quicker.
1: Um, yeah. Like you say, it's a much harder thing to do. But I think, you know, with we should be doing the hard work. You know, it shouldn't be on our operators. It shouldn't be on our consumers we should be doing the hard work up front, you know, and it is more painful and it is more time consuming, but that's the right thing to do for the customer.
0: Um, Although that, I think really, you know. Approach, right. Cause um, I, I imagine, cause there are a lot of great solutions, right? A lot the market is flooded in terms Brilliant. of yeah. order and pay. Um yeah. But yeah. I think, yeah, you're, you're not the first I've spoken to have taken this choice to kind of go down this route and kind of do it yourselves because you believe that you, that will keep you closest to your brand or your, to your culture or whatever it is you're trying to achieve. And, and obviously having that solution then gives you a lot of data um, and data. Me and James have had this discussion before about um, what, what you can do with data, but how, what are you doing with your, because it does generate a lot. And um, I was talking to Kim from Mr. Yum and she was telling me, you know, data engineers themselves are absolutely gold dust because they're mm-hmm. the, the data they can produce and uh, generate and then provide insight from, uh, you know, is is key to growing and making sure you make the right decisions. What, do, what are you doing with your data? Are you using it to, the customer's advantage to operations or is it a little bit of everything?
1: I suppose a little bit of everything. I think, you know, and I think James would probably agree. I think the, the what we where we find data most um, valuable is feeding it back into the product, feeding it back into our strategy and understanding what we're going to do in the future rather than, you know, necessarily sending people birthday emails. Um, but it, it feels like, you know, that gives us, you know, if we're creating something, that data gives us a lot of, insight into you know what the next piece of technology we should be creating yeah um and that, you know it sort of feels like that is a a kind of more pure and and, and a better way to provide a better consumer experience
2: yeah to- to- totally agree and i think you know there's there's there is there is you know it'll sound daft but there's there's too much data out there now and i think the the, the real trick is um being able to know what is valuable being able to map that against your consumers and and use it to um you know to to drive business strategy and understand why people are behaving the way they're behaving and and how that looks to change in the future i think we we kind of we work with one kind of really key partner in terms of our data so we obviously have all our internal data that we get from the app and from tills and various other sources but but then the ability to map all that kind of those till transactions to um who these people are you know why they make the decisions they make the behaviors that they they exhibit and then understand that within the context of pubs within the context of going out for food going out for drink um that's where the the real value lies and i think we're in a period at the moment where consumer behavior has undergone huge shifts. Um, And some of those shifts are really sticky uh, as in, you know, they're going to stay around for a long time. And some of them are people who are kind of trending back to the way they did before. I mean, order and pay is a great example of that, right. Where, come what mid-June after we after we reopened on the 12th of April we were all kind of patting ourselves on the back because the the, you know the percentage of sales going through order and pay solutions was insane Um, and we've all done a great job and then come August and subsequently all the way through to December that that's just kind of slowly slowly declined back as people have gone back to
0: well in in percentage terms James what what is it so it's obviously gone from like a a high 90s 100% type adoption rate when we were in the pandemic or in heavy restrictions, what what's it sitting at now? Is it dropped right down? Well, the, the,
2: the guys we work with, we asked them this question the other day: uh, what percentage of total hospitality spend, and by that I mean kind of on-trade hospitality yeah. spend, of the customers that you look at, is going through order and pay solutions? And they reckon two percent. Wow! So it's, it's t- you know in that in that respect, it's pretty really small. There's some guys that are you know, that, and we all know who yeah, they are. That are
1: doing it are doing it really really well. Yeah. yeah. And oh, it, and how it, we're doing it, it before the
0: doing it before the pandemic as well. You know, yeah, we've been doing it for five
1: years.
0: Cause, yeah. It's um, like anything, right? You've got to train your customer, haven't you? Like anything. Uh, when we were at Carlucci's, we used to talk about the fact we were educators. We used to educate people around the deli, around the salamis, around the cheese. You have to tell them what you, you have to you can't just open the door and expect them to get it. And that's the same for tech, right? You just can't, you know, say, here's the app, just use it. And it has to be intuitive, obviously, but there needs to be some education around how to get the best out of it and and also to let them make the decision whether they want an experience at the bar uh, yeah. or they want to kind of sit in the corner and just hit the QR code. <laughs> and it's the same,
1: same for our operators, right? It's exactly yeah, the same. Yeah. You know, you need to take these people along with you. Um, and I think, you know, we've almost all spoken about it before, but there's, there's been s- everyone so burnt out, I think, by the last two years, and especially trying to operate in the hospitality world. Really, really difficult, right? And when, suddenly when those restrictions are moved and I can go back to just how things were and make it really, really simple, then everyone's, you know, from an operations perspective, they're always going to go back that way. And I think, the, you know, the, the I suppose the pity is that what we have seen when we've when we've used app, you know, solutions um, for order and pay is to be able to change the product mix and to be able to allow people to upsell themselves. You know, and we see, you know, we see huge value from from transactions taken through the app versus transactions at the bar. Yeah. So, you know, I. Although, like we say, it's the the, the usage is heading off at the moment. I think there's definitely a consumer demand, and James will have, James will you know know this uh, and, and and see this in his data. But I think we will get back to a place where that will start to ramp up again. You know, yes. as, as as everyone gets more comfortable with the world again and and, and going out and, and being back to normal. Yeah. Um, there's still those consumers now who, you know, go out with a uh, you know you go out with your mate. I want to talk to my mate on Friday night. I don't want to spend half the night with one of us at the bar and then one of us sat over at a table, you know, what's the point? I might as well be at home and, and have a good conversation. So I think, I think it will come back. It's just. It's,
2: it's, it's absolutely it's just to, to your point, right? Are. Consumers are telling us they want it. They ex- they expect to see it in, in, um, in venues, in on trade hospitality venues they're going to. Um, that's only going to continue. I think the, the key is is providing options, right? So it's yeah. not about um, mandating use of an app because our oh, brilliant ill helpers drive down labor and we can make everyone buy pints of Moretti rather than Carling, for example. <laughs> um, this is about providing great customer experience and, and giving someone the option. And the, another like great stat that I'm forever quoting is that I think it's something like 12% of people that um, order at the bar also use um, an order and pay solution during the same visit. Right. That that to me is really clear evidence that, you know, we we have to provide options and the consumer will decide. Right. They're going to they're going to personalize their journey um, through our through visiting our pub. And if they walk in and the bar is clear and they want to go and have a chat um, with the bartender about the latest craft beer that's on the bar, they'll do that. And then they're going to sit down and then all the mates are going to be there and it's going to get busier and they're going to think, I'm not going to go up to the bar and order. I can just sit here and do it on the app I've already had my interaction with the with the person there I don't want to break away from my my group great we can all order on the app and and it's so yeah it's about providing options and the other the, the other point to that I guess is um, for the most part the tech is good the tech works yeah the the challenge we've got now is it's a human challenge about that kind of change of behavior and um, making it become a habit, and you know, look, that's why for anyone going into a Weatherspoon, they know before they're even in there, they're ordering on an app, yeah. right? Whereas if you walk into your local Dog and Duck or or any any other hospitality venue, you're still not sure. Am I yeah. an app? Am I am I am I going up to the bar? Do I have to wait to be seated? Like, you know, what are the rules here? So, as operators, we've got to get a lot better at. Educating the consumer about the options that they have when they come into our venue, so that's about you know, hi, welcome to the pub. Look, you got a couple of options here. You can stand at the bar and order. You can sit down and we'll do some table service, or we've got a really great order and pay solution where you can peruse the menu digitally and, and do all that
1: you know on on your phone. And that's a massive. Um, that's a massive um opportunity there, isn't it? To 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 give some of that hospitality to be. You know, to be to look after your customer in that way. You know, pull out your phone and show them how it works if they're a little bit unsure. And like James says, you go into a big branded estate, um, and of course they've got an app, and everyone's you know they've downloaded the app. It's already on their phone, and you know I think that's why we obviously went for a QR solution, uh, something they didn't download and didn't need. It didn't have any friction in terms of onboarding. Um, but that, you know, it's it's a lot of the, a lot of the time we use the excuse that you know an app is is gonna stop me from you know giving hospitality to my my consumers and you know and, and being a great host. And it really isn't. It's just it's just a different way. I get a chance every time I bring a drink to their table to ask them if they want anything else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know it's and I just, think that's the difference, isn't it? The the I think James said it then the expectations change. That's the big thing that's different. That the customer now wants it and expects it. And I think four years ago may have wanted it didn't really expect it and wouldn't be surprised didn't, really they didn't have it. Yeah, didn't really know. I didn't really know they and, wanted it. And they've been educating. You know, my mum and dad can use, you know, uh, Amazon and mobile banking and all this kind of stuff, the stuff they couldn't use three years ago uh, or didn't need to. Um, and now they'll never go back. You know, that's them done. They're, they've decided that they're never leaving the house. They're yeah. in forever. We've
1: yeah. moved 10 years forward, haven't we, you yeah. know, in this short time. And I think it's, it's, really, it's really been useful. And, yeah, there's other things as well. So I think I've had a stat this morning. There's, like, 400,000 vacancies in hospitality, you know, something like an order and pay app can help you, you know, can yeah. help alleviate some of that pressure. Yeah. People, you letting them do the things that would well, you know what, as a, as a host, I don't need to do that. You
0: yeah. I think, it, I think and Kim said it on the podcast, sorry to refer back to her again, but she said, let the humans do what they're good at you know let the humans I mean, exactly. make sure their interactions are valuable and the stuff that's mundane and you know can be done by you know an app or whatever let them do it and i think that i think that's that penny has dropped right i think that penny is definitely or is and, and because they don't have a choice right the operators are staring down the barrel of this thing but this the issue with recruitment isn't just in the uk it's all over the world you know this is a is a global issue and um we just need to manage it and deal with it what we've got in our hands and i think what you were talking about last time I met James, we talked a lot about loyalty and driving back. So the key to these guests is bringing them back and back and back again. Um, and, you know, and are you using data to do that? Is that something that you're... Kind of using this insight that you're gathering from all from your from the uh from the app you've got the order and pay. Are you then using that to drive back loyalty? I mean you mentioned birthday emails jokingly, but um you know
2: (laughs) we're probably just scratching the surface. (laughs) Yeah, we're probably just scratching the surface, I guess, of what's capable in terms of the data we get out of the app and then like I say, being able to match that with our our data partners in terms of um different consumer and, and demographic groups and and how their behavior is changing. So um, yeah no, a, a, absolutely it, it will be a thing i think when we talk about our estate and our business that we run great community pubs so it's not it's we're not branded you know we're yeah. not wagamamas or uh whoever any any other brand you want to you want to talk about we run great community pubs and i think for us lo- loyalty yes it's a thing but i think a, a bigger part of loyalty to your local pub will be about the sense of community that you harbor through your publican um, yeah. and through the person yeah. and the people that are in your business yeah look we we're not we're not kind of naive or ignorant enough to to not not understand the value of the data and how we can use that to influence decision making and and drive loyalty and things like that but i think you look at some of the, the things that people have missed and the trends that have come out of the last two years around people wanting to support local business um, and and that sense of community um, and getting back out there and spending time with, with real human beings. And that loyalty for us will be driven by integrating our pubs and our people into their communities and being the heartbeat of that community. And that's not just about serving pints in the pub, right? That's about the pub being the place where, the whole community and things that happen within the community are talked about, and 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 where the community thrives, and that's that for us. I think is a really, really important um, kind of pillar of our of our approach to consumer experience and and
0: uh, having great businesses. And it's different for brands. We're not yeah. a brand. Yeah. Sorry. We, don't, Sorry. We, don't, we don't operate brands. Well, pubs have been around since the 1600s, right? So I'm guessing there's there's a, there's a there's been a thirst for them. Excuse the pun. Uh, for, <laughs> for, for a while, it's Friday afternoon while we're doing puns. Uh, but there's, you know they've been they've been around a long time, and I think what you're talking about is that kind of commitment. You know, not a brand, but commitment to a location, commitment to the person behind the bar commitment to because my dad went there when you know when he was a lad and whatever it was so that's that's what you guys are looking at in terms of loyalty i presume and in terms of repeat customers the people that, yeah, it's part that, of their that life. that changes online doesn't it through social and things like that yeah. but it, and that's just
1: an outreach almost and especially during the pandemic that was you know how do we keep those customers remembering that you know that we're their local you know how do we how do we manage that sort of relationship when when yeah. they're not in the pub
0: and how yeah, did you do that? Yeah. So over the well, that's interesting. I mean, over the pandemic, how did you go about kind of keeping people connected to their communities? It's
1: a <laughs> a many
2: different the, ways, really. <laughs> yeah, loads of, our, loads of our pubs, you know, operated throughout um, you know the last two years, whether we were, were in lockdown, they they opened pub shops. You know, they provided kind of essential services for their local communities, and it's that's how they stayed you know, part of and figureheads of of their local town or village or, or whatever yeah. it might have been. And you know, they're in doing that, I think many of them won, you know, hearts and minds of, of their local consumers and, and people realize that, that the pub is is a you know is, is a really important part of um, their community. I think there's obviously the online and digital community as well. And look, we know we know the, the, the benefits of using Facebook and all the other social channels to to kind of build and create communities and communicate with your with your customers. And we we do that. And I think for us, again, because we don't for our L&T side of the business, we don't manage their social channels and things like that. That's about us educating them on the on the importance of doing it and how to do it and variety and when to post and what to post. But to be completely frank, we can learn quite a lot from that. Right, I, we did a social scrape last couple of weeks ago of some of our LN, top performing lnt sites, and you know, some of the stuff they're putting online and their engagement with their community is we haven't taught them how to do that. That's that's them.
1: That's, that's great. Being a great hospitality kind of yeah. person, though, isn't it? You know, having having that ability to reach out and really connect with the community.
0: Well, they know, don't they? That's the difference, right? Yeah. You know, you know, and they, they used to talk about the Boston corner bar mentality, right? When you walk in the bar, the beer kind of slides down the bar and lands in your hand, you know, and it's that. And that corner bar mentality is something hard rock always used to talk about. We've got to create that in our in our locations. But no matter if we're in Milan or Paris, wherever we were, we had to recreate that feeling. And I think it's the same with pubs, right? That you've you've got that these guys know their locals. They know, you know, you know Ray, you know Dave, you know Sarah, you know the guys that pop in every so often he comes on a Wednesday. That that's the uniqueness. And transforming that actually is really clever into a social media platform because you just appeal to all of their network then as well. So just gather everyone up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. This yeah. the conversation doesn't have to end when it gets to eleven o'clock.
0: It's pretty yeah. that. There's a quote. There you go. <laughs> and what and and I suppose the big thing about all of this is, is digital transformation. This is the thing that's happened, I suppose, and as we said, accelerated. And do you guys, because you guys talked about the fact that you sit next to the IT, got you're quite close in the team to the IT team. Is it is there a strategy that sits for digital alongside, I suppose, the whole business strategy, or are they separate or is it all one? Is it all lined up together because I think what's happening is you see a lot of CTOs coming into other businesses, probably the bigger, you know, the brands, the casual dining brands, those kind of guys are looking, and the QSR brands. Um, is it a similar thing for you guys? Are you working together on one strategy, or is there a new digital strategy kind of evolving alongside? No, the strategy, the strategy, the strategy is the strategy. Is the, strategy. <laughs>
1: the, the technology is an enabler, you yeah. know, to to unlock some of that. We don't do anything outside of the the, the core business strategy, really. We just see, you know, quite often on that journey, we'll see opportunities um, that we'll then create something for. But it's it doesn't sit separate at all. It's all part and parcel of the same. No,
2: But to to the point we made earlier, we all work like really collaboratively between, you know, insight, strategy, uh, digital, creative and and IT. You know, it's not we're not we're not we're kind of working in silos with our our tunnel vision kind of view of the view of the world there's there's a lot of kind of information sharing and we you know me james and, and chris who's not here obviously but we work really closely on on all those projects so, to james's point chris knows the the back end james makes it look pretty and i i tell people why it's important and how to use it
1: you know yeah. um sounds so simple when you say it like that. It? Yeah, everyone <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's doing that and, and and sharing information actually is quite difficult, isn't it? It's one of the things that I always used to find in bigger organisations that it's actually one of the the kind of the downplays. You have all this information to share, and then sometimes you you know it, it goes the wrong way, or it's not fed to the right person, or it's not relevant. How do you how do you go about sharing that information in between you as a departmental?
2: So we, I mean, look, we at Punch we we have a relatively lean team anyway so you know we we don't sit I can throw things at James from where I sit in the office and we, we we talk a lot just kind of naturally um we have a we have a digital leadership team which you know are a few other people sit on alongside me and James and and Chris and and that's where we kind of talk about um you know the the roadmap what's going down the line what we need to work on what our priorities are um and and that's how we kind of I guess decide the the, the workflow uh, if you will
0: on data guys what do you think about data privacy because obviously it's a big deal there's a lot because of the pandemic we've managed to garner a lot more data the all the marketing teams are rubbing their hands because they've got all this information coming through and we've discussed what we could do with it but what is the right thing to do with it is privacy being is it being protected do you think we should be Allowed to do what we do with it? What do you think? Uh, really
1: interesting yeah. question. <laughs> yeah.
2: We, well, well, this podcast will be three hours long, and it so <laughs> you before you know it. Um, yeah, and no, I think so. Within within my my job and within our jobs, we we absolutely understand and appreciate the, the the power of people's data and and our ability to use that to create great customer experiences for people and really personalize those experiences. Um, but I think we're also obviously being being very close to that we also really understand how that data can be misused um and can be used to manipulate uh people's behavior and i you know definitely personally in my life i'm uh, there's a point i get to where i think i don't i don't need everybody that nobody needs to know all my data all right you know and it's not a oh the kind of natural response that people get is oh if you're not doing anything wrong why does it matter you know it's not for me it's not really about that that it's about my it's about my free will and choice and me making decisions myself and them not all being kind of influenced and driven by marketing and advertising and it speaks this is going to sound very kind of ethereal but it speaks more to my like my liberty and, and things like that than it does um, me wanting to get adverts that are relevant to me. Great. Okay. You know, I'm fine with that. But so I'm fine with what's coming in because I still feel in control of those choices for the most part um the, the the numerous number of deliveries i get from amazon would probably tell you something Probably tell you something <laughs> different, but um but then it's what happens to my data once it's it's out there yeah. and how it's then used for for various other things and i'm not talking about hospitality necessarily and whether i'm influencing no no
0: society. it's a good chat to have right because uh, i think it's personal integrity isn't it it depends where you sit on the fence and uh, I'm, I'm i'm watching james's face as you're talking <laughs> James, <laughs> where, do you, where, where do you sit with uh, privacy Well, I
1: think, you know, I think there's, with my marketing hat on, I can see its uses,
0: and um,
1: (laughs) with my parent hat on, I feel very, very differently about it, I think. Um, You know, and you look at, you know, you you look at places like America where, you know, data is used in, in, you know, has been used in ways that um, probably isn't the the, the fairest way, you know, Or, or us, for example, like, in my own echo chamber you know i remember i remember going to bed on the night of uh, the brexit vote looking at my phone going this is never going to happen i'm gonna have a nice sleep now and then waking up and just completely not understanding how yeah how this happened because everything i saw the algorithm that promoted stuff i believed already was yeah. telling me that you know you and 49 percent of the country <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. yeah, exactly. But it's you're, the same. Only
0: just, you're only slightly wrong, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. But it's the same, well, think, premise, isn't it? You know, I think um I, you know, I I I don't I I love Chinese food, but I don't want to eat Chinese food every night. So if I only ever if my Google search only ever recommends me Chinese food, then where's my ability to kind of where's the serendipity? Where where can I go and find something different that's just that sits outside of my normal world? Where can I where's the chance of discovery and yeah like where, where, can I,
2: where can i be challenged like where I mean, can i yeah. where can i see and not just my choices but my views and my opinions how where can they be challenged and critically analyzed and you know fed back to me through a different lens and i think it that's very
1: lazy. a lot of personalization feels it makes you very lazy yeah. yeah. And, and, and,
0: I was brought up in a world where tabloids ruled, right? When I was I'm I'm old and um you know and tabloid newspapers were that's the only place you found or teletext, right? I think that was the most advanced <laughs> advanced way of finding information. I used to sit there and watch the football scores live, which is yeah, yeah. page three oh three. Yeah, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's quite sad. But yeah, but you know, that was and as a kid, I actually appreciate grow growing up like that. I would hate to be a kid now, right? Because yeah. I watch my kids and try and like you just said, protect them from social media and all the other all the bits that are going on and just until they're ready to form their own opinions without someone telling them on TikTok what they should be doing or what they should be buying. So yeah, I think it's a really interesting conversation and you are right. It would take four hours to, to unravel properly. And and just, I guess just bringing it back maybe slightly to, to hospitality and what we're kind of, you know,
2: what we <laughs> do in our lives is that's what that's what the pub's great for, right? You yeah. go to the pub with your mates, you have a big debate and a Barney about something, you get your views and your opinions challenged. They tell you to try you know, the latest double hopped IPA or whatever it might be. And, and, you know, you do things and you discover new things and, yeah. you know, there's, that, that's the beauty of the pub, right? For me. Um, and I think
0: that's what we've missed, isn't it? It's what we haven't been able to have for, you know, consistently, I suppose we've had it in pockets, uh, but to have that consistently for a period of time, you it may lead us to may lead us back down that road. I imagine, I don't know, we, we will find out, I'm sure. And that, that actually is my perfect segue into the last question, guys. Um, next 24 months, it's a long period to look at uh in terms of hospitality and tech. Do you think there's anything new coming that's going to change our world, whether it be in the background that new- that the customers don't see, or do you think there's anything new coming? I think it's probably not exciting stuff
1: really. I think this it's utility, isn't it? It's it's integration of that tech stack. It's making those things more and more frictionless for the people who use them. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's i'm going to be proven wrong there aren't i but you know i don't think there's anything massive on the on the round the corner that we've not seen you know yeah. i'm I'm not sure about vr pubs yet really um <laughs> you know maybe during the pandemic that'd have been perfect but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah is is the pub in the meta are we ready for that yet i'm not sure no maybe um, not <laughs> but it's you know I, it, hospitality is about people isn't it and i think if technology can help people achieve things easier then you know like we said all the way through this, it's it's um, it's just it's an, an enabler. enabler. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's an enabler. It's a vehicle to great customer experience, um, and yeah, I think there'll be like I said before. I think there's some things that will be s- sticky in terms of consumer habits that we've seen yeah. come through and be pro- pro- proliferated or, or accelerated by um, by COVID, and there's some things that will, that will slip away. But um, yeah, I think the the ability of um, data now and and our ability to understand our consumer is, is only going to improve Um, how that kind of manifests itself in, um, in pubs in terms of the technology that we provide and the solutions we provide. Um, Yeah, it's, it's exciting, but I still, I still kind of maintain that the the human being is the, uh, is the USP and the, the, core reason we go to the pub it's shared experience and tech is the facilitator and enabler of that rather than the the reason why i, I think
1: it. i think people from outside of the industry as well or you know outside of the tech industry hear about all this stuff and have a fear that they're being left behind yeah you know and they just need a technology solution i don't know what the technology solution is going to solve but I just need one. Yeah, no, no, just, no I genuinely, I genuinely I think,
0: I genuinely think that over the past twenty-four months, people have bought stuff, uh, you yeah. know, whatever it might be. And I'm not just talking about pay at Table, you know, anything. Uh, I think they've bought stuff because they felt like next door had got it, or they just hired an employee from down the road who was using it, you know, over there, and they couldn't get the one they had, but they got a similar one. And yeah. and all of a sudden, and I and I, I know this because I've spoken to a few operators who've said it uh, that they've opened up again, and it's kind of like, oh, hang on. In in the world of of closed and online, it was great. And this world now, it's it's not the same. And I think we're going to take a while to kind of find out how that feels. I imagine over the next few months and uh, probably into next year, isn't it? It's going to be especially with the staffing the way it is. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting time leading into that. And look, I mean, and it's Friday afternoon, and I've taken up far too much of the two James's time. So uh, I will I will end it right there. So um, and what are you guys up to this weekend? Anything interesting? Are you going to a pub?
1: i do right. hope to go tomorrow yeah definitely yeah, absolutely i'll be in a pub we've got one downstairs, Might be the Might be yeah. the straight down the yeah.
0: stairs right well guys if people want to get in touch with you and find out where, where's the best place to find you yeah LinkedIn. probably LinkedIn. linkedin i have just yeah, save yeah. this one someone gave their email address out last week probably, yes, probably one was, one of the widest yeah. thing to do <laughs> <laughs> but that's great all right well that was james gilbert head of insight projects and strategy from punch pubs and james goldworthy head of digital and creative thank you very much guys thanks for coming on tech on toast Pleasure. Thanks for having us, Chris. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Make sure you tune in next week to find out who we've got coming up, or you can go and check out techontos.community to find out more about what we're up to. Have a great week.